We're talking about the pressure of time. One of the most intimidating and freeing realities is the realization that we have a very limited amount of time on this earth. And the truth is there is no amount of money or power or influence that can change that. Which is why the way that we use our time matters immensely. What we do with the years, the months, the days, the hours, the minutes that God has given us is everything. And so that's what we're going to be thinking about today. What do we do with our time? How do we let the pressure of time positively inform the way that we use it? And I want us to just go ahead and jump straight into our scripture, because we're going to be kind of referring back to it a couple of times tonight. Uh, but we're going to be in, in uh, the letter of James tonight. This is James chapter 4, verses 13 through 17. So if you've got your Bibles, you can pull those out. Obviously, we'll always have it up here on the screen. This is what it says. It says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there doing business and making money, yet you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wishes, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance, and all such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the right thing to do and fails to do it commits sin. Okay, so James is, is writing this letter to Jewish Christians that are dispersed throughout the ancient Near East. And I love the, the book of James. It is one of my favorites. It is so practical, and, and this passage is no different. In our text, James tells the reader that, they, uh, that they're wasting their time on earth. They've made all these plans to travel around, to do business, to make money. That's how they've decided to use their time. That's how they've decided to spend their life. But they have failed to include God in their plans. They have failed to, to understand the, the true nature of life and how precious it, is, precious it is. How precious our time is. And so James, James reminds them that, that human beings are like a mist. We're here today and gone tomorrow. To put it very, very simply, he, he reminds them that life is short. And that may seem like kind of a depressing thing to say, but James is not alone in saying it. We consistently see this idea throughout the entirety of the biblical witness. Some of the most significant authors of the Bible share this concept in their writings. The author of Ecclesiastes, which I think James has clearly read. I kind of think he's doing a nod to it in our scripture. But the writer of Ecclesiastes says, life passes like a shadow. King David, Psalm 39, he says, Lord, let me know my end. What is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting my life is. And Moses in Psalm 90, which we, we are told is, is a prayer of Moses passed down. Moses says, the days of our life are 70 years or perhaps 80 if we are strong. Even then, their span is only toil and trouble. They are soon gone and we fly away. Over and over again, Scripture reminds us that our lives here on earth are short. 
that the pressure of time is always there weighing on us. And it's up to us to decide how we are going to use the 1,440 minutes that we are given every day. And so tonight, I I want us to really lean into our text because uh, James gives us first a warning, and then he gives us a piece of guidance, a piece of wisdom in how we use our time. So let's look back and read again just that first verse. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there, doing business and making money, yet you do not even know what tomorrow will bring. James first warns us that we have to be careful of filling our time with the wrong things. Uh, see, there are a lot, uh, a lot of us that do exactly what the men in our scripture are doing. We fill our time with our plans. And often because it's just our plans and not God's, we end up filling our time with things that don't really matter. Like these men that, that James is writing to, they decide that they're going to travel all over. And they're going to do business and they're going to continue to amass wealth. But one of the things that we know about the people that James is referring to in this section is that they were already very wealthy people. If you look in your Bible, this section is titled, To Wealthy People. They already had plenty. It's not like they were going to travel and do business and and scratch out a living. They were just going to make more. Which is why James says, life is short. You don't even know what's gonna happen tomorrow and you've chosen to fill your time your precious, sacred time, making more money than you even need. You're pursuing the wrong stuff. And that is a great reminder for us. It's a warning we need to hear. We have to be careful of what we fill our time with. There's a great story about Dr. Robert Schuller, the famous pastor, author, and founder of the Crystal Cathedral Church in California. At one point in his life, he was on this huge book tour. His ministry had launched him into the public eye. His church was on TV. Uh, And at the time, uh, his Sunday service was the most watched worship service in the world. Well, all this newfound attention meant that his schedule was, of course, packed. He, like the men in our scripture, was traveling around the country, going to such and such a town, promoting his book. And he was away from home for weeks at a time. Well, eventually this book tour ended and he got back to California and there were all of these things that needed his attention desperately. There had been things that that people were were emailing him about and and telling him about and they were piling up on his desk while he was gone. And so one of the first things he did when he got back is he met up with his secretary and they decided they were going to get organized and and come up with a, a detailed agenda so that he could catch up on all this work. Well, as he was going over his schedule, his secretary reminded him that he was supposed to go have lunch with the winner of a charity auction. The Crystal Cathedral was uh, raising money for some mission, and they had auctioned off lunch with the pastor. Pretty typical thing to do. Well, Dr. Schuller, he had forgotten about this. And at first, he said he was kind of frustrated because he had so much to do. He had meetings and he had, he had things to work out. He had, he had plans, but he had agreed to it. And so he said, okay. And he, and he asked his secretary who he, who'd he, uh, he would be getting lunch with. 
And he said that the next moment was one of the most sobering experiences of his life because he discovered that the person who had bid $400, their entire life savings to get lunch with him was his own teenage daughter. He was so busy, too busy. He was busy writing books and he was busy with growing the influence of this cathedral church. He was busy with meetings and logistics. He had filled up his time with so much stuff that his own daughter thought she had to pay to get lunch with him. We have got to be careful of what we are filling our time with because it usually comes at the expense of something else. That's the warning that James shares with us in our scripture. And again, it is a warning we need to hear. Because the really hard truth for us tonight is that we live in an age where it is easier than ever to fill our time with nothingness, with junk, with mindless scrolling. Did you know that, that the average American spends 5.4 hours a day on their phone? And by the way, that's, that's the smallest number I found. I found a couple of conflicting reports. I just decided to go with the least. 5.4 hours a day. Millennials on average spend 5.7 hours. Baby boomers on average, five hours. So don't get too excited if you're of an older generation. We're all doing bad. And if those numbers don't disturb you enough, if those don't freak you out enough, there was a study that found that 13% of millennials and 5% of boomers say that they spend over 12 hours a day on their phones. That's how they are using 720 out of their 1,440 minutes a day. Unsurprisingly, the largest chunk of that screen time is social media. On average, Americans spend 64 and a half minutes on Facebook and 48.2 minutes on Instagram, almost two hours a day. The point is, we live in an age, again, where it is, it is so easy to just whittle away our time, to fill it with more and more work, or mean, meaningless scrolling, or, or cable news, or a variety of the many things that are competing for our attention and for our time. We just, we just fill our time, and in doing so, we risk neglecting the stuff that really, really matters. See, we can do a lot of things with our time. We can kill it, we can fill it, but one thing we can never do with our time is stop it. Which is why James goes on to give us, a, give us words of instruction. He doesn't just give us the warning and leave us feeling terrible. He also points us in the right direction. Remember what he says. He says, what is your life for you're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes? Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wishes, we will live and do this and that. James is urging them to let go of their plans, to just go where God would have them. James is, is saying that instead of just filling time, we should focus our lives on fulfilling our time. Now, here's what I mean by that. 
if we have a limited amount of time on this earth, we ought to use it on the stuff that truly brings us joy and fulfillment. The really good stuff. Instead of just filling our time with meaningless ventures for more money or endless worries or mindless scrolling, we ought to let God guide the way that we use our time. We ought to let him lead toward the fulfilling things, to our calling, to, to, to our purpose, to the, to the reason he put us on earth in the first place. We have 1,440 minutes a day to use on stuff that really matters. You know, that's ultimately where the author of Ecclesiastes lands too. If you've ever read Ecclesiastes, it's an amazing book, but can be kind of a tough read because so much of it is, is this, this critic, this, this author, and he's wrestling with the finite nature of time, like a lot of us have. But then in chapter 9, he comes to a sort of conclusion. He figures out how he's going to use his time and how he suggests that we use ours. And I'm going to read the message version uh, because I, I think it's really accessible, and I think it's just a really beautifully written translation in this case. But this is what the author of Ecclesiastes says. He says, seize life. Eat bread with gusto. Drink wine with a robust heart. Oh, yes, God takes pleasure in your pleasure. Dress festively every morning. Don't skimp on colors and scarves. Relish life with the spouse that you love each and every day of your precarious life. Each day is God's gift. It's all you get in exchange for the hard work of staying alive. Make the most of each one. Whatever turns up, grab it and do it and heartily. It's exactly the same advice that James gives. Seize it. Go where he points you. Go where he leads you. Enjoy life. Enjoy the gift of life. That, that's what fulfilling our time looks like. It looks like relishing life, seizing the day, finding joy in the simple things that really matter. Because in the blink of an eye, life can change. And all the things that we're spending our time worrying about just don't seem that important anymore. Honestly, this has been the story of my week. <laughs> this has been my great realization the last few days that life is so short, but that God is so good. It has been a hard week for my family. Uh, on Monday, I got a call in the middle of our pastor prayer time informing me that my aunt had been in a terrible accident. My Uncle Tom uh, is the pastor of First Methodist Temple, Texas, and he and his wife, my Aunt Shannon, uh, also run a large ranch. And on Monday, one of their neighbor's bulls attacked my aunt, and she had to be rushed to the ICU, and it was, it is, really, really bad. And when I found out, I, I just walked out of our meeting, and I came straight to this room, and I lit one of those candles, and I just prayed. Uh, you know, it's funny, earlier that morning, I was kind of dreading coming to work because I was so worried about all I had to do that day. I had a couple of interpersonal situations that I needed to handle. I had 
over a dozen emails to send. I had a wedding to write. I had three or four meetings that day. But suddenly, in the blink of an eye, as I sat in this dark room, all that mattered to me was the well-being of my aunt. Suddenly, I saw that all the other stuff could wait. That didn't really matter. If it's all right, um, I want to share a devotional that my Uncle Tom wrote on Thursday of this week, just a couple days ago. Uh, he has written Facebook devotionals for years and years and years, but this one is definitely the most powerful one he's ever written. And I want to share it with y'all because it's beautiful, and uh, it also inspired me this week to remember the stuff in life that matters. Uh, it reminded me how unbelievably precious our lives and, and our time really is. And so I'm going to try and get through this without crying. Uh, this is uh, my Uncle Tom's daily devotional for August 17th, 2023. One of the main purposes of the daily devotionals has been to draw from everyday, ordinary experiences and to see how God is always an active participant in our lives. Sometimes these experiences are good. Sometimes they're not. Monday morning, I was at our church when I got a call from one of our neighbors. He said, Shannon's been hurt. The ambulance is here. You need to get here immediately. I quickly left the church and drove home as fast as I could. As I got close to our front gate, I saw fire trucks, police cars, and many of our neighbors in the road. At that moment, the flashing lights of the ambulance pulled away, and so I drove through the ditch and I followed. A sheriff's deputy called and told me that a neighbor's bull had attacked Shannon and then he said, Mr. Robbins, you need to prepare yourself for what you're about to see. I thought that I was prepared, but I wasn't. Shannon is broken. Outside of hospitals, operations, and therapy, I do not know what her future will be. Sitting in a hospital room with a comatose wife has given me a lot to think about. But this is what I know. While God did not will the bull to hurt Shannon, God is walking with her through, through the darkness and fog of her mind. To say Shannon is blessed by wonderful, caring medical professionals is the understatement of the century. In fact, today's nurse is named Joy. The significance of her name is not lost on me. We have wonderful friends who are willing and able to take care of all the needs of our ranch. A friend of mine bent over backwards to board all of our dogs at his clinic. And the leadership of our church is allowing me to step away for a few months from my pastoral duties to take care of my wife. Most importantly though, those dear to us are praying. These blessings have reminded me that even when life is hard, God is good. It's the same for you. While you may be walking through the valley of the shadow of death, it may be hard to see God's presence and activity, but just know he's there. He will never leave your side. You are not alone. This is why King David said, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. God is always here. He simply asks that even in those moments when we feel isolated and alone, we trust. And by remembering this simple, profound truth, we can deal with anything that life sends our way. This will be my last daily devotional for the foreseeable future. Also, just for the record, this morning when the physician was trying to wake Shannon up, she was having no luck. Then I said, Shannon, I love you. She opened her eyes and blew me a kiss and slipped back into unconsciousness. The doctor yelled, I saw that. So did I. I pray your day is filled with joy and laughter. Tom Robbins. 
Uh, I know this has been a heavy sermon, <laughs> uh, but I appreciate y'all letting me share that with you. Uh, it's been a heavy week, but I have found a lot of encouragement in his words, and I'm really proud of my Uncle Tom uh, for finding joy in what I know is one of the hardest moments of his life. Uh, just so y'all know, my Aunt Shannon is awake now. She's going to be in the hospital for several months, but uh, already she's doing things that they weren't sure that she'd be able to do. Um, Look, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to share all of this uh, because I have seen this week how fragile and beautiful life really is. Sometimes you just live your sermons. And this week, I don't know <laughs> that I really wanted to, but I think I did. And I've seen how precious time is and, and I have seen how good God is. He has given each one of us breath. And he has given us life. And he has given us time on this earth. And I hope that we use that time wisely. Instead of filling our time with worries or with the pursuit of, of money and, and general busyness, I pray that we spend our lives seeking out fulfillment, fulfilling our time, using those 1,440 minutes a day to be with the ones we love and to serve the God who has given us all of the amazing things that this world has to offer. Look, I believe, of course, that the end of our time on earth isn't really the end. I believe that, that we get to go to heaven and we get to be in the presence of God and our loved ones. And I believe that, that God has made a way so that we will have eternal life and eternal time. But until then, Let's let the pressure of time push us toward the good stuff. Because life is short and God is good. Hallelujah. Amen. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, we, we all have felt the pressure of time. We all have had moments when we wish we had just a little bit more time, a few more hours in the day. But God, tonight we are grateful for the time that we do have. Lord, we are grateful for, for every day, for every hour, for every second that you give us. Lord, help us to use our time well. Help us to use it on the stuff that really, really matters, the stuff that really, really fulfills us, the stuff that you have called us to. Lord, we don't wanna wander around from town to town trying to amass more stuff. Lord, we wanna go where you call us and we wanna be who you call us to be. Lord, I pray for every single soul in this room, every person watching online. I pray that they would know that you are always present, that in their heartache, you are there. In their uncertainty, you are there. In their joy, in their celebration, you are there. We pray all of this in the name of our rock and our redeemer, Jesus Christ. Amen.